Uh, we are continuing in our series called Upside Down, Upside Down. And what this series is, it is a series on the Beatitudes of Jesus, on the Beatitudes. And what the Beatitudes are, it's a, it's a part of a sermon that Jesus gives where he shares with us the characteristics of a blessed life. He's telling us what a blessed life looks like. And so if you've missed any Sundays or you haven't been here for any of the previous messages, you can go listen online or you can follow us on the sermon podcast and listen on there. But, but I want you to get into this and I want you to, to see what Jesus says about blessed living. I want you to see what Jesus says a blessed life really looks like. And so if you have your Bible this morning, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we'll begin at verse 3 this morning, just to kind of recap where we've been so far. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 3. Verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Verse 6 again says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us. Transform us. Change us today. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are hungry? Who's hungry? Physically hungry. Like for real, you can be honest. Who's hungry? Wave your hand. Wave your hand. You're hungry, right? Maybe you, you got out the house this morning and you were kind of rushing so you didn't get an opportunity to get any breakfast. You didn't get an opportunity to eat any cereal. You didn't get to grab anything on the way out. And so, but you made it to church and you're here, but now you're hungry. Like the first five to ten minutes, you, you were okay. Maybe 15 minutes, you were okay. But around the 15, 20-minute mark of you being here, um, your stomach starts to talk to you. And your stomach is kind of nudging you, saying, hey, I'm hungry. And then about another five to ten minutes uh, uh, goes by, and, and maybe at the close of worship or so, your, your, your stomach starts to speak a little louder. And then before you know it, the person you're sitting next to, their stomach starts to speak a little louder. And then your stomachs are talking to each other and they're saying, hey, we're hungry. Feed me. 30 minutes goes by. And maybe right now at this very moment, you're at the mark where you've just crossed this threshold of being hungry to now being hangry. If you don't know what hangry is, it is this combination of being hungry and angry. Because, see, now your stomach is really yelling at you. Now your blood sugar's all low, and now your, your body's starting to act real funny. And now all you can think about is what you're going to eat after you get out of the service today. Like some of you already know, like I know what I'm going to eat. I know where I'm going. And what's so interesting is that whenever you are hangry, whenever you are so hungry, what you start to discover is there's nothing else you can think about. Like right now, some of you already checked out. You're like, yeah, this is that's great and all. That was a cute baby dedication. All that was great worship. But man, I am hungry. Maybe, just maybe, Pastor Chris will let us out early today. Maybe, just maybe, he'll let us out early enough so we could beat the crowds. Maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to eat 
very soon. That's all you can think about when you're hungry and thirsty. And the reason for that is whenever you're hungry or thirsty, what you discover about hunger and thirst is they are the strongest impulses that we have in our bodies. It's the strongest impulses we have in our bodies. When you are hungry, it is your body sending you some signals saying, hey, we need to be filled. We need some sustenance. We need some food. Feed me. It's natural. It's natural. So when Jesus is talking on these Beatitudes, He's talking to a crowd of people. He's talking to his disciples, but he's also talking to a crowd of people. And so when Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, that was, hunger and thirst was something many of the crowd could relate to. See, the reality for a lot of us here is that, yeah, we may be hungry right now, but the reality is there's maybe only a very, very small portion of us, if not any at all, who truly know what it is to really hunger and starve. A very small portion, if any. Like, we know we're hungry and we're starving, but we know we're going to eat something in a few minutes. Some of the folks here in the crowd listening to Jesus talk didn't know when they were going to get their next meal. See, these folks knew what hunger and thirst was because they would go a couple days without eating. Poverty was so rampant. They didn't know how they were going to get their food. They didn't know how they were going to feed their families. And so Jesus says, hey, a blessed person is one who hungers and thirsts. Now, that's interesting, Jesus, because when I'm hungry and thirsty, the last thing I feel is blessed. But he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled or they will be satisfied. See, Jesus was not talking about physical hunger and thirst. What Jesus was talking about was a spiritual hunger and thirst. And so my question to you this morning is, what are you hungry for? You may be hungry in the physical sense, but are you hungry in the spiritual sense? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness, just to be simply put, simply means to be right with God. So he's saying a blessed person hungers and thirsts to be right with God. Notice that Jesus did not say, man, a blessed person is a righteous person. He didn't say that. He didn't say a blessed person is a righteous person. He said a blessed person is one who hungers after righteousness. Why does he say that? Because the reality is none of us are righteous. None of us in and of ourselves are right with God. None of us are. In fact, let's just read a few scriptures here just to back that up. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says this. It says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. One. So even the Bible tells us, hey, man, none of you are righteous. None of you are right with God in and of yourself. And so that's why Jesus says, hey, a blessed person is one who hungers after righteousness. A blessed person is one who desires to be right with God. 
But how many of you know there's only one way to be right with God? And it's not off anything that you do. It's not off anything that you say. It's not on how good you are. It's not on your good merit. It's not on how nice of a person you are. But there's only one way. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So if you want to know more about righteousness, it says that it's in the gospel that the righteousness of God has been revealed. So what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the good news. And that good news is that we were born into this world as sinful people. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, meaning those of us in sin were ultimately destined to be punished and die in our sin. Because sin has to be punished. Sin has to be dealt with. But God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to what? To die for our sin. Jesus steps into the world and says, hey, I don't want them to die in their sin. So God, if you need to punish sin, put the sin on me. I'll take the punishment. I'll take the penalty. And so Jesus takes our sin places it on himself, dies on a cross, and Jesus accepts the ultimate sin penalty, death. He takes our place. So now what that means is you and I can be forgiven of our sin, and because we can be forgiven of our sin, we can now be made right with God. But not off of anything that we've done, but solely based on everything that Jesus did. Because Jesus is the righteous one. And so the beautiful thing in that is that because Jesus died on a cross for our sin, because Jesus is the righteous one, we now become righteous because of Jesus. And so if we were to kind of reword what Jesus said, in other words, Jesus is saying a blessed person is one who hungers and thirsts after Jesus. Hunger and thirst after Jesus. Hunger and thirst to be made right with God. So my question for you this morning is this, do you hunger and thirst for Jesus. Like, I know how, we know how it is to hunger for, for physical food. We know how it is to hunger for sustenance. But, but do we hunger after Jesus? Do we hunger to be made right with God? Because the reality for a lot of us is being made right with God is not on our radar. There are many people who could care less about being made right with God. There are many that can care less about the righteousness of Jesus. That's just the truth. So that's why Jesus says a blessed person is one who seeks it. A blessed person is one who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. So again, let me ask you a question. How's your hunger this morning? How's your hunger Because as I said at the beginning of the service, at the beginning of the message, to hunger and to thirst, they're they're natural impulses that we have in our body. 
There are signals that our body gives us that it's hungry. There are signals that our body gives us that it needs something. It needs to be filled. But in the physical sense, what happens if you no longer hunger anymore? What happens if you no longer have an appetite anymore? You no longer get hungry anymore. Well, that's a sure sign that something is wrong. Because, see, it's good to hunger. If your body is hungering, it means your body is functioning as it should. But if you no longer hunger, you no longer have an appetite, then there's a red flag that something is off, that something isn't right. And the same can be said for us spiritually. If we don't hunger and thirst after righteousness, if we don't hunger and thirst after Jesus, it is a red flag that something is wrong. How's your hunger this morning? Do you hunger after righteousness? Do you hunger after Jesus? And so what I want to answer for us this morning is this. I get it. We're supposed to hunger and thirst for Jesus. We're supposed to hunger and thirst for righteousness. But, man, I don't, I can't seem to maintain that hunger, if we're honest. Because if we're all honest, there are seasons in our lives where we don't hunger after righteousness. Let's just be honest. There are seasons in our life where we don't, really hunger after Jesus. Because see, when you are hungry, when you are starving after something, again, that's all you can think about. Nothing else matters. All you're worried about is getting something in your body. And when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, when you hunger and thirst for being made right with God, my question to you, is that all you can think about? Is that at the top of your radar? Is that at the top of your priority list? So how do we maintain our hunger? How do we stay hungry for righteousness? How do we stay hungry for Jesus? Well, I'm going to give you three ways, and then I'm going to let you go. Three ways that we can maintain our hunger. Three ways that we can stay hungry for righteousness. Three ways that we can stay hungry for Jesus. Number one, the number one reason why we must stay hungry or how we can stay hungry for Jesus is this. Number one, stop ruining your appetite. Stop ruining your appetite. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 14 says this. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. What are you feeding yourself? Could it be the reason why we don't hunger after Jesus, why we don't hunger after righteousness is because we're ruining our appetite for him? You know, one of my favorite restaurants to go to, so if you're ever giving gift cards to me, I'm just putting it out there. Man, I love Texas Roadhouse. I love Texas Roadhouse. Man, because I, I, I like steak. I like steak. I like a good steak, too. Now, I know to get a really good steak, you got to pay really good, good money. I get that. And I've had some really, really good steak. But 
Check this Roadhouse kind of, it, it, it helps me in that department because I don't want to spend a lot of money on steak but I want a decent steak, so I'll go to Texas Roadhouse. So when I go to Texas Roadhouse, in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm going to get this eight-ounce sirloin and a stuffed baked potato, fully loaded. Let's get it. That's on my mind. That's what I'm going there to eat. I want that. I, want that. I need that protein. I need that meat. Like, let's go. Let's go. Right after service, let's go. But something always seems to happen when I get to Texas Roadhouse. See, before I even get to the steak, there's these things I like to call the devil's bread. <laughs> they put it right on the table. And man, have you ever had the rolls at Texas Roadhouse? Like, man, like, like, like they, they're just not right. It's not right because no roll should shine the way that roll shines. Like it shines, you can see your reflection, it glistens, it's like it, you hear music in the background, like it's just a beautiful thing. But then, no, no, they don't even stop there though, but then they put out that butter, man. It's sweet, kind of cinnamony, like I, I can't even explain it. And this is why they're taking your order. And so what always happens is I'm like, man, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to eat one. I don't want to ruin my appetite. I don't want to get too full because I want that steak. So I eat one. And they're always the right temperature too. It's just amazing. The devil's bread. And so I eat one, and I'm like, I'm, I think I'm good. But then there's still one there. And then you're like, oh, let me just get, let me get another one because I'm really hungry. So I get another one. And then I'm like, I'm, let, let, and then Nancy's like, you want to split one? Right, you just want to split one. And so before you know it, before my meal comes, I've already had like two and a half rolls, almost three rolls. But then comes the plate. In comes the steak. In comes the fully loaded baked potato. It's hot, steaming, looks delicious, smells delicious. But I'm not that hungry anymore. And I feel bad. Because I feel like I'm going to hurt the steak's feelings if I don't eat this whole thing. Like, I feel bad. I, I felt like I, I messed this whole thing up. Like, we had a great thing going, and I messed it up. I ruined my appetite. And that's the way it is with us spiritually a lot of times. Because we, we, we want Jesus. We want righteousness. I think we want to be right with God. I think there's nobody here that says, man, I, I want God to be pleased with me. I, I want to be right in his sight. Like, I want that sort of thing. But the reality is we don't starve or hunger after that. Why? Because we're feeding on trash. We're feeding on trash. Our whole week is consumed with eating trash and garbage. Our whole day, you have to ask yourself, man, how much of my 24-hour day did I eat trash and did I feast on what Jesus could give me? Like, like if we were to really examine that, a one way to, a sure way to do that uh, is, to, is to get on your phone, right? And, and, and there's a, a, I don't know about any other phone, but, but the Apple phone, because it's the best phone, the iPhone, um, it has this thing where it tracks, it tracks like, like how much time you spend on each app, right? So if you really want to kind of call yourself out and expose yourself, like you can get on there right now and find out how much app 
time you're spending on each app. And for a lot of people, you want to know what the very bottom app is most of the time? version app, the Bible app. It's, that's just the reality. Like, there's a lot of folks in here, if we were to look at that, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I got on a devotional on Monday, right? right? And I don't say that to call anybody out. I say it because that's just the reality. It's a true indication of what we feed on throughout the week. Right? Like we feed on social media. We, we feed on political news. We, we feed on entertainment news. We feed on sports. We feed on all these different things. And by the time the main course, the most important course is here, Jesus, I'm just not that hungry anymore. Because all my time and my energy has been spent in other things. And hungering and thirsting after Jesus just not what it should have been. Stop ruining your appetite. Stop ruining your appetite. The second thing we must do to maintain our hunger for righteousness is to feed on God's word daily. Feed on God's word daily. Now, please, please hear what I said. I didn't say read God's word daily because, see, some of you got a problem with reading. Right? Like, it's just, I'm not, I'm not much of a reader. I don't really read things. I don't like to read books. I don't like to read. I can read an article in a magazine, but I can't really read books. Man, technology is so incredible because we don't have to even read anymore. We can just listen to the Word. Like, version, the Bible app, like, it's got an audible function on it. You just hit, hit the play button, and it'll read the whole chapter for you. It'll read the whole chapter for you. While you're driving in your car to work, you can, you can listen to a sermon podcast. You can, you can listen to the Word of God. You can listen to some. Just feed on His Word daily. I don't care if it's five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's 30 minutes. Just feed on it daily. Daily. Why? It'll help your appetite. It'll help stir up your affections towards righteousness. It'll help stir up your hunger towards Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. See, some of you have been infant Christians way too long. But I've been in the faith 15 years, and you're still a toddler. There's no development. Why? Because you haven't checked your diet. You haven't checked your diet. What are you feeding yourself? Man, if we would just feed on his word daily, and I'm not even telling you to spend an hour in it. If we were just to get it, if we were just to eat the word of God, just consume it like it's, like it's food to us. Pretty soon you're going to get to the point where your, your spirit man is going to be, be like, oh, man, like you haven't had the word today. You need to feed it, right? It's going to start talking to you like your stomach talks to you. And before you know it, you're like, oh, I haven't gotten in the word today, and I feel it. Let me get it in real quick. Let me get that nourishment. Let me feed on his word daily. Let me stir up my appetite for him. Because let's be honest, man, 
The Bible is often an acquired taste. Let's just be honest. It's an acquired taste. If it was something that everybody just loved to do, then everybody would be reading, right? Everybody would be in here. We wouldn't stay away. But it's an acquired taste. And once you start eating, once you start tasting, once you start seeing like, oh, man, this is really good. This is really nourishing for me. This is important for me. It's getting to the point where I can't go through a day without getting something. Feed on God's word every day. Third way for us to maintain our hunger for righteousness. Number three, eat with friends. Eat with friends. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that if you don't get it. I love a good meal, right? I do. I was out of town. Uh, I was in Portland about a month ago, and I was by myself. And every evening, one of the it was I, when I was star- like I was so starving, and I went to go grab something to eat. I went to eat at a restaurant. Like it's the worst thing eating by yourself. Like it's just no fun. Like you're eating, but it's like it, it, like I miss my wife. I miss my kids. Like I was like, oh man, I miss sitting here with them and eating and talking and having fun. Like like it's a good meal is really good. But it's even better with good company. Like, have you ever eaten a meal with, like, your family that you love or friends that you love? It's just, it, the whole experience is enjoyable. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. Man, you need to get around other people that, that, that want to eat good food with you. You need to get around other brothers and sisters in the faith to say, hey, we're on this journey together. Let's eat this Word together. Let's be accountable together. Let's talk about the Bible together. Eat with your friends. Eat with people you're going to walk with and walk through life with and journey with together. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 20 says, Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. So what is he saying? He's saying, look, man, if I'm going to walk this walk out, if I'm going to walk in righteousness, man, it's good to walk with other people who are walking in the same direction you are. We need each other. Because Sundays just don't cut it. You may think this does. You may have gotten your fix this morning, but it just doesn't cut it. Because the harsh reality is that two hours from now, you're going to forget everything I just said. Two hours from now, the only thing you're probably going to remember is Texas Roadhouse. And the devil's bread. (laughs) Sundays just doesn't cut it. It's just not enough. You need to link up and partner up with other brothers and sisters. You cannot walk this walk in isolation. We need each other. Stop acting like you don't need anybody. You do. I need people in my life. I need people to build me up. I need people to encourage me. You need the same thing. The problem for many of us is the people we're around don't like the same food that we do. And because they don't like the same food that we do, we tend to eat what they eat. Thus, we eat trash. 
So who are you surrounded with? Who are the men and women in your life that you can walk this journey with? Honestly, for real. Who's the person you can call right now and say, you know what, if I call this person right now and tell them to pray for me, I know they will really be praying for me. They won't just send me a comment on social media and say, hey, praying for you, praying for you, praying for you, thoughts and prayers. I need deeper than that. I need to be able to hear you on the other end of the line saying, Chris, man, I'm praying for you right now. Let's pray together right now. Let me speak this over you right now. I need those people. Eat with your friends. Walk on this journey with your friends. Hunger and thirst after righteousness with other people. Because it's the best way. Why is righteousness so important? How can we get righteousness, how can we get Jesus on top of everybody's radar? Why should this be important? Let me read this to you. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. says, in the way of righteousness, there is life. Along that path is immortality. The way of righteousness, there is life. Meaning, this is all that matters. To be right with God should be all that matters to you. There's a lot of things that we feel are important, and some of them are. But in the end, to be right with God should be the only thing that gets us up that morning. To hunger and thirst for Jesus should be the main thing in our lives. Should be number one. Because everything else will come and go. This game we're getting ready to watch in a few minutes, it has nothing to do with my eternity. Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. This losing season is not going to affect my salvation. It's not. It's not. You can enjoy it. You can have fun with it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your career, your success pales in comparison to being right with God. What are you hungry for this morning? What are you thirsting after? Let's stand to our feet. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Meaning hungering and thirsting after being made right with God, hungering and thirsting after Jesus is the ultimate satisfaction you will ever get. And my hope and my prayer for us this morning is that we stop ruining our appetite. That we stop feeding ourselves and consuming ourselves with so much trash. 
And I'm just as guilty. I'm just as guilty. Just as guilty. But it really causes me to reevaluate my life because what will happen is when I'm going through dark seasons in my life, when I'm going through hard times, when I'm going through trials, and there, there are moments where I feel real depleted. And then what I start to discover is, man, you know what? I haven't been feeding myself the things that I should. I haven't been encouraging myself in his word. I haven't been, I haven't been feeding myself with the righteousness of God. I haven't been feeding myself with Jesus. I haven't been doing any of those things. And I start to feel it. Because when I start going through something, when I start having some problems, when fear starts to set in, when insecurities start to set in, I have to ask myself, man, what have I been feeding on? What have I been eating? And this morning, here's the thing, and this, this is a serious moment right here. And I need you to listen to this. There's some in here today that may not even know or understand what being right with God truly, truly is. Some of you don't even know if you're right with God. And the truth of the matter is, without Jesus, you're not. Without Jesus, you're not right with him. Without Jesus, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without Jesus, there is no salvation. And all I want to do this morning is to offer you an invitation, to give you an opportunity to say, hey, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want righteousness. I want to hunger after righteousness. I want to be made right with God. All it takes is you believing and receiving all that Jesus has done for you. Believing he is the son of God that came to earth perfect and sinless to die on a cross that we deserved. And because of that, you and I can receive the forgiveness of sin. Because of that, you and I can be made right with God. But after he died, he rose again. And because he resurrected from the dead, you and I can have a brand new life. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is trust in the work that Jesus has already done for you. And so if you say, Chris, man, I, I've never done that before. I've never trusted Jesus with my life before. I don't know if I'm right with God. And if you don't know if you're right with God, I want you to come meet me down here at this altar.